I'm Daniel Levine, and this is Rarecast. Clothing is both functional and a means of self-expression, according to Open Style Lab, a nonprofit that works with designers, engineers, and occupational therapists to create clothing that addresses the needs of people with disabilities. In September 2022, as part of Genentech's SMA My Way initiative, Open Style Lab and the SMA community joined forces for New York's Fashion Week to feature the Double Take Fashion Show in the hopes of increasing the visibility of people with disabilities and championing adaptive fashion. We spoke to Yasmin Keats, Executive Director of Open Style Lab, about her organization's efforts to promote the design of adaptive fashion, the impact it can have on work and other opportunities for people living with disabilities, and how it's helping to change the fashion industry. Yasmin, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me here, Danny. We're going to talk about fashion, open style labs, and efforts to improve the functionality and usability of clothing for people with disabilities. Perhaps we can begin with a little background on open style labs. For people not familiar with the nonprofit, what is it? Of course. Um, open Style Labs is a 501c nonprofit, which was started as a public service project in 2014 um, out of MIT. And it was really started to bring these um, engineers, occupational therapists, designers, and look at the boundaries of how we can think about not only functional clothing when it comes to people with disabilities, but also stylish clothing. And how did it come about? It came out of a public service project, very much speared out of uh, the 2014 Boston bombing, um, where many people were left with amputated limbs. This is obviously a, a problem that extends much further than than people who suffered the loss of limbs in that attack. Uh, but did the need become more apparent as the work began? Um, definitely. I mean, we've been running now uh, for nearly 10 years. And each year we really focus on maybe a different cohort, spinal cord injury, one year it was spinal muscular dystrophy. Um, and across many different disabilities, there are different challenges when it comes to clothing. I mean, just think about if you have trouble with dexterity with your hands, doing up buttons or zippers or anything fiddly. Um, if you are wheelchair bound many times, you need different clothing for when you're seated 24 hours a day. You know, pressure sores can come from seams in the wrong place or buttons in the wrong place. So over the years, we've, you know, as we've expanded to different groups of people and different um, types of disability, uh, we've learned so much um, and also seen where, where lots of designs and innovations can, can cross over. There's been a lot of talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, but 
How seriously does the fashion industry take this with regard to clothing design? Um, I think they are starting to become more aware of it. Um, I think the problem is behind education. You know, I feel like ergonomic design when it comes to furniture or, or uh, you know, technology, there's been a, you know, they've been doing a lot to do with assistive technology for, for a while. So those types of industries are more adapted to it. But fashion, um, even in the education, and this is why Open Style Labs focuses on education, I feel a lot of the education in the fashion um, world has been very much, you know, designing the clothing and then the body is fits onto the body after so the methodology of how it's been educated even before you know people become designers um haven't really looked at diversity and inclusion so there you know diversity and inclusion amazingly has become people are becoming more aware of it now <clears throat> but um uh, it's going to take a while i think till it until it really seeps into the the way that people design and the, the way that people design with disabilities, not for them. If you think about the world of rare diseases, uh, fashion would probably not be at the top of the list of the types of challenges that people face in their everyday lives. Uh, can you give some sense, though, of what challenges fashion presents to people who do you have disabilities? Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, for example, if we're talking about rare diseases, um, we were just approached by uh, a family that has something called EB. Um, and that's where the, the, the skin by any types of seams or uh, or slight rubbing of the skin can, can be cause blisters. So, you know, clothing is the closest barrier to the skin that we have um and then you know i, I mean we're we're called open style lab not fashion lab because retail fashion comes and goes and style is more of a way of self-expression and and being able to really um emulate who you are through the clothing that you wear which is you know like shelter and food something that we all have to do um and when it comes to different mean from let's say you know ALS um that can affect you know the, the, the way that you are able you know up to you know how you can speak and we ran a really amazing kind of workshop the other the other month where uh one of the participants said you know when when you start to lose your voice your only way of self-expression uh and showing yourself to the world is is what you wear um, so almost because of stigma, a lot of the times clothing and the ability to show your style becomes even more important. It's interesting to hear you talk about this as a, an issue of self-expression. I'm a, a black T-shirt and sweatpants kind of guy, and there's <laughs> a reason I do an audio podcast. But that aside, clothing can be an important means of self-expression. and. It can make people feel good about themselves. It can play a role in their participation in the workplace. How do these issues fit into what Open Style Lab is seeking to do? Very much. Um, we've even, from 
a lot of our work is also running workshops and doing research with the community. And one of the biggest asks that we get from people is around professional wear and formal wear um, and how a lot of the time, you know, not being able to find the right clothing in specifically a professional environment, they feel like they're not able to show up or it affects the way that they will be viewed on that first kind of initial um, uh, way that they're presenting themselves um, in a meeting or in a work environment. Um, I mean, just think about it, you know, when you, when you go on a date or, you know, even when you're doing an interview um, in person, you think about what you're going to wear. We, we all do. Um, and I think maybe a lot of people feel because of disability and the stigma around it, um, a lot of the people that I've talked to have said they, they feel they have to care more. I mean, that doesn't, you know, go across all the board, but um, just the, the power that style has or clothing has um, on those first moments when you're only on the way that they may view you, but on how you will um, feel in terms of confidence and well-being. Is there a, a case to be made to designers and clothing manufacturers about why this is a good business decision to take this seriously? Definitely. I mean, um, the disability community is like 15% of the population, and it's only going to be growing as we're getting older and we're living longer. Um, you know, just disability is the one minority that we can will or can be part of at some point in our lives, whether it's through aging or, or some kind of accident. Um, or disease um, and you know as we're living longer a lot of the challenges that we see with clothing you know affects elderly you know dexterity um, trouble with you know even things like incontinence um, and having the right kind of gear that can allow you to live um, a more um, active and, and well-being lifestyle. There are two things OpenStyle does that I, I wanted to talk to you about. The first is its incubator program. Can you explain what this is and, and how it works? Yeah, of course. So um, we run a eight to 10 week program in the summer where we get occupational therapists, fashion designers or designers um, in general. So we've also had um, industrial designers, product designers, um, engineers and people with disabilities together in a group to co-design together functional and stylish clothing. So um, throughout this 10-week program, they will create a garment um, that fits specifically to that person's needs. Last year, we partnered with Genentech um, as part of an SMA My Way program. Um, and there we did more adapting existing clothing, um, but it's all around designing with the community um, and it's a mixture of you know physical testing and also education around inclusive design processes and um, the history of disability so different kind of skills and explorations and innovations through this 10-week program. How long has the program been around and, and what's been its impact? It's been around for um, since 2014. So we're in our ninth year. And uh, the impact of the program, actually, we started to see quite recently. 
when it comes to, um, first of all, Open Star Labs started, there wasn't much, you know, um, kind of exposure around adaptive fashion in 2014. And Open Star Labs really started to show what was possible. And um, what's been amazing to see is kind of in the last nine years, the amount of innovation that have come out of, you know, many different uh, people in this area. And what we've been seeing specifically in the last two years is a lot of brands coming to us to wanting to, to bring inclusion into their workplace. And a lot of that has also come through ex-alumni who are now in the fashion industry and making change from within. And that is, that is why we exist. Um, to, to see that kind of cycle. The other thing that Open Style does is provide services. This includes things like training, community engagement, research, and product development and testing. Can you explain how you work with the industry in this area? Yeah, of course. Um, so it really depends. I mean, we we'll really tailor our um, our work to where the organization is at. First of all, we, we don't want to work with anyone that it, um, that won't go through kind of our, our, our whole process and bring in the people with disabilities throughout the whole process. So, um, one thing that we do is, uh, we often do a mission within the organization as a startup. So a lot of internal education about disability, about inclusive design processes. And then depending on, you know, where they're at, whether it's the beginning of a project, the middle, um, we'll bring in people with disabilities to help test products, um, to give feedback, um, to help within uh, how, how they want it to be marketed. Um, and we'll really help bridge that kind of gap between the disability community and the the organizations or brands. Um, and I think what makes Open Style Labs unique is that we are a group of designers. So we are also able to understand design language and bridge those kind of knowledge gaps as well. This goes beyond just clothing. I, I know you ran a hackathon recently with IKEA. What was the purpose of that and what was the outcome? So the purpose of that, it was a three-day event at Chelsea Market. Um, and we brought kind of existing IKEA products and we also opened it up to the general public, um, to give feedback on the products and to kind of do a hacking day together. Um, and it was to create, um, co-ideation opportunities. So bring in the community and to design together with IKEA's team and on IKEA's product what could be different types of solutions and hacks, um, which has now seeped into um, some of the existing IKEA products down the line. Um, and it was also another part of it was we wanted it to be in a public space because disability is often hidden and um, or the work behind it is hidden. And we wanted it to be in, in a public space so that people throughout this weekend could also participate as a general public. And, you know, a lot of people, most people will have a loved one or have experience with disability themselves. Um, and so it was this way of engaging the community and the wider public around 
what kind of solutions can be made on these kind of everyday products? OpenStyle recently got a, a fair bit of attention through a show during Fashion Week in New York, which was even featured in Vogue. This was a, a collaboration with Genentech and the spinal muscular astrophy community called Double Take and featured people with SMA modeling adaptive clothing made by OpenStyle Labs. What was the idea behind the event? So the idea behind the event was to really showcase within the event, we also had um, the, the many of the people with disabilities who had taken part um, explain also the process behind it. Um, and the idea was also, it was the first, I think, disability center um, runway show within New, in the New York week. New York Fashion Week calendar. So that was also really important that it was starting to have a stage uh, kind of equal in the in the calendar of New York Fashion Week and started to be taken um, on the same level. Um, so that was important for us, but it wasn't like a separate thing. Um, but it was also a real way of uh, exposing the work that we do and the um, this community. Um, as an empowering, incredible community and these amazing designs that came out of it, which really looked at function and style and how they came together. Well, walk us through that. What were some of the things the clothing designs did to address the needs of people with a degenerative neuromuscular condition? So one of them, for example, um, was for a gentleman called Shane. And he wanted to wear... Uh, this is Shane Burka. Yeah. yeah. And the the um, the outfit that was chosen for him was a velvet um, purple suit. And Shane expressed that he often wore jeggings because um, they're comfortable and you can sit in them for a long time and it doesn't, you know, there's no excess fabric that gets creased in certain areas or buttons or zippers or um, seams that can you, you're, that you're sitting on hours for. Um, and the team, one, created his own customized um, jeggings that could be a kind of under underneath the suit. And then they realized, you know, he's not going to be standing. So why do we need fabric in the back? So they just kind of made these kind of clip-on legs areas of the of the suit that could go on top. So it looked seamless. It looked perfectly made, um, like uh, a regular um, velvet suit. But there were all these small details, like even the arms, because the arms, a lot of the fabrics can get punched in um, in arms that are locked in certain positions. Um, so they took a lot of that excess fabric out and put um, like an elastic material. And the back uh, was cut all the way down the back. So you put it on like sleeves um, and then kind of velcroed it together from the back. And that idea actually came from Shane himself, who had had something similar done for him in a previous suit so we also that's why it's so important to make with the community they, they live with this every single lot of the hacks and, and solutions will also come from 
day-to-day things that they've done in their lives. What's been the response to the show? I think the response has been um, amazing. Uh, We got a lot of kind of great press from it and um, people are starting to be more interested in in this area um, who maybe, you know, wouldn't have been interested before, especially seeing, you know, people like yourself where, you know, the medical community or, you know, people that maybe weren't, uh, don't talk about fashion are looking at how clothing and style and fashion can play in these, in these two worlds. As you think about furthering the mission of Open Style Lab, where do you see the greatest opportunity? For us, I think it's how much we can expand education, our educational program um, with different universities, with different um, uh, different students, or even occupational therapists. A lot of them come to us and want to understand and hacking um, and designing with the community. And then also with brands, you know, I, I think it's all about education, educating brands on how to design inclusively. You know, our aim is to go in teach them how to do the process or, you know, help them through that, that process um, and to make ourselves, you know, um, dispensable so that they can continue to do the work themselves. Um, and, but really looking at how fashion is being taught nowadays and how we can build inclusion into the curriculum um, and teach this co-creation process. Because once you see it, you can't really unsee it. And that's what we've seen with a lot of our alumni. It's been almost 10 years since the lab started. Have you seen the industry change during that time to be more inclusive of people with disabilities? Definitely. And I think a lot of it has come from uh, a lot more awareness within the DEI community in general and sustainability. Um, And looking, you know, really having to rethink fashion industry is having a reckoning at the moment, having how to be more sustainable, how to rethink how they um, um, how they bring inclusion in more. And disability, unfortunately, I feel has been the one that has been kind of forgotten about, but in the last few years has started to make a lot more of appearance. Um, and I hope it only continues to grow. Yasmin Keats, Executive Director of Open Style Lab. Yasmin, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you, Danny. Thanks for listening. For more information about rare disease and to connect to the rare disease community, go to globalgenes.org. To keep up on the latest news and trends affecting the rare disease community, be sure to visit raredaily.org. You can subscribe to the Rarecast RSS feed through raredaily.org or through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast manager. The Rarecast is produced for Global Genes by the Levine Media Group. You can also find our podcast, The Bio Report, on these popular podcast sites. Our theme music is composed by Jonah Levine and performed by the Jonah Levine Collective. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a note at danny at levinemediagroup.com.